if you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, um, that's where we'll mostly be, but we'll kind of hop around. Um, I, I want to talk briefly about just the lost art of subtlety. I feel like we've just lost the ability to be subtle. Um, and because of that, we, we sometimes miss the Lord's subtlety. We sometimes miss the things that the Lord is, is being subtle or gentle or kind of low-key about. And we just miss it because we want, we want fireworks and we want a neon sign and we want flashing spelled out for us. I mean, there's times we find ourselves in a situation and we're like, Lord, do you want me to do this? I feel like I'm supposed to do this. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for that person or touch that person or give to that person. And, and Lord, confirm it. Lord, confirm it. Lord's like, I just stirred your heart. That's my confirmation. You're not that generous. You're not that good. I just stirred your heart to that good work. This is, you know, like I'm, I'm saying like the God speaking. Like God's like, I just stirred your heart so that I might be glorified and I want to use you. That's your confirmation. But we're like, Lord, give me a sign. Let me see a dove. Let me, give me a, cause one of the letters in that neon sign to go out so you spell something out for me or whatever it is. I was, when I was younger, I was that way. I was asking the Lord, and I was in my early 20s, um, and I was going to transfer from a college where I was playing football to a Christian university in Oklahoma, Oral Roberts University, and I was going to give up football and transfer to ORU. So I'd ask the Lord for a sign. And we lived in California, so I'm sitting there in the sand just at night. I'm right on the beach, and I'm looking for a dolphin. I'm looking for a whale. I'm looking for a whale to shoot. Because I, maybe I don't see the whale. Maybe I just see the, the expulsion of air and saliva or whatever the whale does, you know. I'm looking for a shooting star. I'm looking for uh, a what, like a huge, I'm looking for a sign, like a way out. I'm looking for something. And I'm not seeing it. And then I'm getting mad. So I just start flipping dirt. And I'm sitting there, and, and I'm flipping dirt right in front of me. And next thing you know, I've, I've created this hole. Just in sand. I'm just flipping it, and I'm getting more and more frustrated. You can't even give me a sign. I asked you for a sign. You can't even give me a sign. And attitude's horrible at this point. And then the Lord just speaks to my heart, and he says, just stop. And immediately I knew. He's like saying, stop talking yourself out of it. I've already spoken it to you. I've already told you this is what I want. Stop. Just stop. Stop digging the hole. Stop looking for something when I've already spoken. But he didn't say all that. What he said was, just stop. Subtlety. We're going to be in the passage in, in Luke chapter 2 where there's subtlety in the midst of extravagance. And, and my hope is that our hearts will be, Lord, let us not miss the subtlety. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8. This is uh, my favorite telling of, of the Christmas account. Um, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So if I can stop right here. Extravagance, right? Bigness. An angel, a multitude. This is, this is impressive. And then the message. Salvation is offered for all. Salvation is brought this day and offered for all people. Born unto you, born unto mankind, is a Savior. This day. You know, later on when we read the proclamation that peace on earth, goodwill toward men, or, or like God's, God's good pleasure among men, that peace on earth, you know, you know what they're talking about? The angels of Jesus. Peace has gone from the heavenlies to earth. Now it is peace on earth. So it's good to remind ourselves that it's not some temporal thing. It's not something we find. It's not something we stir up. Peace is always on earth. Jesus is always with us. The presence of God is always with us. And it has to be bigger than something we can do or experience just at the lack of care. It has to be bigger than that. It's, it's Jesus. It's God with us. It's Emmanuel. Unto you is born this day a Savior. This is the most incredible information ever given. You can have, you're forgiven. You are forgiven. You can experience forgiveness. You're saved. You're set free. You're delivered. Freedom, it is yours. It is here. It was born today. Best information ever given. We've been given the promised Savior who would deliver us from sin and death. Forgiveness and mercy are ours. There's never been greater information given. But thankfully, this angelic message didn't just stop with the information. If we read in verse 12, we see, along with information, there's what? Invitation. And it was subtle. It was subtle. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Subtle, but that's an invitation. You will find. How many of us would have missed this invitation? How many of us, we would have missed it because it wasn't flashing neon and it wasn't this engraved invitation. Come to the house of such and such. Come to the manger in the cave, the wherever. This is an invitation. Friends, I feel like so many times we are given such great information and we fail to take it a step further and receive the invitation that comes with it. When we spend time in Scripture and we, when we read about that our God is a healer, that's not just information. That's an invitation. What's he a healer of? What's he, what's he not a healer of? Your body? He's our healer. 
your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. He's our healer. Are, are you just wrecked emotionally? He's our healer. So when we read about Jesus, the healer, that's an invitation to say, Jesus, you are here, and you are still in the healing business, and I am still in need of healing. So Lord Jesus, would you just touch me, Lord, my heart is just, I, it just feels broken, Lord, I need you, Jesus. Salvation is offered to all, but it invites a response. This incredible information was given, introduced to mankind by giving first to these shepherds. And the invitation requires a response. They're told that the Savior has been born, and then they're given this subtle invitation. What are they going to do with it? What if they just left at that moment? What if they left at that moment and was like, oh, my gosh, you're never going to believe what happened to me tonight, what I experienced. It'd be a pretty phenomenal story if they never did anything else. It really would. But it wouldn't be the, the best of what God has. It wouldn't be the fulfillment of the promise that God had for, for intimacy and closeness. They were to experience the baby Savior by going. So that's what they did. They, they were looking for a sign, and the sign was a baby wrapped in long strips of, of cloths, swaddling cloths. Um, probably not the right visual, but I think of like a mummy. Those are like long strips of like swaddling cloths. Like it's, I don't know, I think a blanket. I'd prefer a blanket if I was to be swaddled. But swaddling cloths and then the sign that he's lying in a feeding trough. That's unusual. That's a pretty good indicator. I can look for that. So that's what they did. That's what the shepherds did. Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Salvation is offered to you and I, but a response is needed. Salvation is offered to mankind but a response is needed. I love the book of Romans. My favorite book in the Bible. I love Romans. I love Romans 1. Romans 1.16, my favorite verse in all the Bible. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation for all who believe. Offered first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Love it. And, and Romans emphatically makes declarations that if you will believe in your heart and you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It also says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love the power of the name of Jesus. Just saying, Je there's been times in my life I couldn't, I was so gripped with whatever was coming against me. All I could pray was the name of Jesus. 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 And I was saved. It's, it's a promise. You will be saved.
You guys, we have to believe what God says. We, ha- we have to believe, and then we have to respond. That's what, that's what the shepherds did. They believed what the angels said, that it was truth, and they responded. If, if we read in, in Luke chapter 1, it's very interesting, <laughs> um, the theme of belief and response. Y- you see um, Elizabeth and, and Zechariah, you know, being uh, an angel of the Lord appearing to Zechariah saying, you know, you guys are really, really old, but you're going to have a baby, and this baby's going to be awesome, and he's going to pave the way, and, and angel starts raving about that they're going to have a baby, John the Baptist. And it's interesting because um, Zechariah questioned, how can this be? I'm old. And it says, that he, because you didn't believe, you ain't going to say anything. You're, I'm going to strike you silent. You're not going to say anything. And he didn't say anything until after that baby was born. And they're all arguing about what the name should be. And he's like, motioning for something to write down. He's like, his name is John. And at that moment, he could speak. Now, it's interesting because in, in Luke chapter 1, angel of the Lord, Gabriel appeared to Mary. And she also questioned. But her questioning wasn't out of, there was still belief in her heart. So she said, how can, he said, you're going you're gonna to have a baby. And, you know, and started talking about Jesus and, and declaring prophetic words that had been spoken. And she said, how, how is this so? I'm a virgin. And this time, Gabriel, like, unpacks it for her. Oh, it's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. And, like, he didn't strike her silent. But it says, because you believe. Later on, the angel says, because you believe. So there was something in her heart. You guys, I don't think God is afraid of our questions. I don't think he's angry by our questions. I don't think he's insecure about our questions. But what he wants is a belief. What he wants is that open dialogue. And I'm telling you right now, when he, when he gives us the invitation, he wants us to believe and respond. So I'm just going to ask you right now, what are the areas that, that God has given you invitation? God has set something before you and spoken something to you, and you're just not doing it. You're just not believing. Maybe you're asking for some sort of fleece before the Lord, which I've done before. But that shouldn't be our M.O., that, that shouldn't be how we, are, we tend to operate, asking God to, to confirm to himself every time he speaks. That's not, a, that's not a good relationship. That wouldn't be a good relationship with my daughter, my son, my other daughter, my wife, my friends. That's asking you to confirm everything every time you ask. It's like a friendship text. I hate friendship texts. I'm like, well, if you're really my friend, you'll invite me again. It's like, clown, I already invited you <laughs> I invited you once. Never mind. Getting distracted. What could we learn? What what are the things we can learn in this telling of of Jesus' arrival? What can we learn from the baby? When we look at Jesus, the child, what do we see? We see that God left heaven and came to earth as a baby. And Jesus gave up control. And he chose to need man. He chose to need man. Anybody ever seen a baby before? 
Anybody had a baby before? Anybody held a baby before? Do they have needs? How sufficient are they on their own? This is what Jesus chose. He chose to come in this precious, vulnerable, needy state. That was his choice. In Philippians 2, 7 and 8, it says this, that Jesus emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient to the Father. Excuse me, to the Father. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death, by crucifixion. He had to be nursed. He had to be cleaned. He had to be carried. He had to be cared for. He had to be protected. He had to be provided for. He had to be fed. God chose to need man. Our God's not, not a needy God. He needs us because he chose to need us. Plain and simple. He's God and he can do whatever he wants. And I'll say this right now. He still chooses to need us. He still chooses to need us to represent him, to, to be his mouthpiece, to be his heart, to, to do what he's asked us to do. He still chooses to need us. Something that's amazing about the baby Jesus, from the second he was born, he was deserving of all praise. He was deserving of all worship. And I love that the angels, that was their bit of, that was their invitation. Go worship him. Go worship him. Church, that's, that's still his invitation. You're having a hard time. I know you don't want to go to church. I know it's, you're just struggling to even get up. But go worship him. move from the baby to the toddler the story of the wise men so um, the wise men did not show up at the manger um, they did not see Jesus the baby they saw Jesus the toddler okay so let's look at some uh, unexpected and in my opinion seemingly out of place wise men in the Christmas story so let's turn to Matthew chapter 2 We'll read a little bit, and then we'll unpack that. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to what? To worship him again. And the Christmas story is all about worshiping Jesus. So, a little bit of clarity and reiteration. The wise men were not present at the birth of Jesus. Um, when they came and when, when we see that they arrived, he was probably about two years old. Here's some other fun facts about the wise men. Um, I'm not certain how many there are, but our nativity scenes have three. Okay. And we know that there were three gifts given um, that were named, but I often don't say three wise men because there honestly could have been maybe, I, we're not entirely certain of that number. Um, these men traveled roughly a thousand miles from the east, and their trip took between nine and 11 months. These men were not Jewish. 
these men were not Christian. They were magi, and that's the same word that we get magician from. So the magi were a sect of religious intellectuals who were founded by an ungodly soothsayer for hire named Balaam. So these men who were seeking Jesus weren't even saved. Weren't even, you know, converts of Jesus. They, they were following the stars. They weren't Jewish. They weren't Christian. But here's the thing. They were absolutely a part of God's plan. Just like the shepherds were part of God's plan. Unlikely, an unlikely audience to receive this message. Absolutely. Same thing with the Magi. Why were they included in this amazing Christmas story? I don't know that I know exactly, but I do know this. They were sincere seekers of Christ. They were sincere seekers of Christ. Hebrews 11.6 says this. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He rewards those who diligently seek him. These wise men were wise enough to seek the Lord. And when they found him, they wanted to worship him. So we're still in Matthew 2. Let's pick back up in verse 9. After listening to the king, Herod, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them and it came to rest over the place where the child was, not where the baby was, different word, where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So I think I kind of read past that pretty quick, but I want to read that again. And I want you to look for something. You're going to see behavior that stars don't have. You're going to see actions by the stars that stars just don't do, okay? And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Not usual behavior for a star. Verse 11, and going into the house, into the house, not a what? Not a barn. Not a stable. Into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These wealthy, influential intellectuals threw themselves at the feet of a toddler. Are we catching that? Threw themselves at the feet of a toddler and worshipped because they believed. Golly gee. If we believe, should we do anything less? Should we do anything less if we believe who Jesus is? Should we do anything less than throw ourselves at his feet and worship him and exalt him and serve him and live for him and want to be near him and rave about him? They extravagantly worshiped Jesus and then they extravagantly gave to Jesus. And they did so with just exceeding joy. I'm letting you know right now, this is a recipe, okay? We are seeing a recipe in scripture. If your need 
of exceedingly great joy, then follow this recipe. Number one, come to him. Number two, extravagantly worship him. Number three, extravagantly give to him. And, and let me just make this clear. Most of us just don't extravagantly give to him, give this to him, because we reserve part for ourselves. We reserve an aspect for ourselves. We reserve something for ourselves and say, Lord, I'll give you, I'll give you most of me, but not, not all of me. I remember Karen tells this story when she was younger. She's like, Lord, I love you, but when I'm 21, I want to go to bars, I want to dance on tables, I want to act the fool, and I want to have fun and be young, and then I'll serve you, then I'll really serve you. But we do the same thing. We reserve part of ourselves instead of extravagantly giving all to him. The wise men gave Jesus gold, representing Jesus' as royalty. They gave frankincense, representing his divinity. And they gave myrrh, representing his humanity. Their purpose was to seek Jesus, find Jesus, worship him extravagantly, give to him extravagantly, and to experience great joy in God. Friends, that is our purpose as well. Man, a lot of people looking for purpose. It, it's just that simple. It's it, There's little unique things that God will ask us to do that are unique to you and I, but I'm telling you, it's the same thing. We are to seek Jesus. We are to find Jesus. And it says, those who diligently seek him, find him. He is to be found. The shepherds had to find him they didn't say, hey, go down to uh, Main Street, hang a left, and then 2nd Avenue, hang a right, and then it's the manger on the left. He said, here's the sign. Here's what you're looking for. Go find him. Okay, we've been given the sign. There's not going to be too many babies sleeping in a manger wrapped in, in the, the swaddling cloths. We have to seek him, and we will find him. But I'm telling you guys, got to seek him. If uh, musicians can come up, I think it's quite the line. You guys, we, as Christians, are too, all too often, I think, we focus on the information and not the invitation. And the information's good. Gosh, we see here the information is phenomenal. Best information ever. And so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to memorize information, right? And we use that as our, our excuse sometimes because we don't have enough information. Oh, I, I haven't memorized enough scripture. I don't have enough information. Oh, I, I, I want to quote this wrong. Information. And we focus on the information instead of focusing on the invitation. And we all can give the invitation. Hey, I, I hear you. I heard what you said. And you're hurting. I know my God is a healer. And I want to pray for you because my God wants to touch you. And he wants to heal you. And he wants, he wants to just comfort you. And I want to pray for you. Man, that's an invitation. And we're all capable of it. Didn't quote a single scripture, right? 
didn't, didn't recite all the books of the Bible, all the Old Testament books, all the new. Because we have the information, we get to be a representative in giving out the invitation. We know the information. We know Jesus. We know he is Savior and Deliverer and Healer and Forgiver. He is God. I understand we all have unique things about us and things we love and things, you know. I know that, that when you come on a Sunday, there's people like, oh, I could worship the entire time. I love worship. I love it all. I could sing the whole time. And then there's people that are like, ah, I could do without the singing. I just, I like the word. And I get that, but I'm just telling you right now, we are called to be extravagant worshipers. Whether it's your cup of tea or not, we are. Because he's worthy of worship. Because he's worthy of worship, and it's not about our preferences. When he left heaven and came to earth as a baby Jesus humbled himself and gave up all control right do we have we and do we continually do so do we continually humble ourselves before the Lord and give up all control Lord I give you control I give you control have your way in my life it's, it's not just a one time deal do we constantly do that as an act of our extravagant worship give you control, Lord. When the wise men found Jesus, they threw themselves to the ground and worshipped Jesus. Friends, let's make sure that we're not so polished and put together that we don't from time to time just fall at his feet and worship. And I'll say it again, your king, your king, the one you serve, the almighty, the all-powerful, your king needs you. There's people he's put in your life and there's people he's put in my life that he's like, I want you to reach them. And that's why I put them around you. That's why I continue to bring them around you. He needs us to point them to him. He needs us because he chooses to need us. You guys, there's a world that's looking for answers. It's looking for healing. It's looking for help. And I know we don't always feel equipped. I know we don't always feel like we're on our A game. And, and the bottom line is we're not always on our A game. And we're not always at full strength. But even when I'm not at full strength and full health, God can still use this willing vessel I'm telling you right now, even when you feel like you don't have enough information or you're not at your best, he still wants to use you, and there's a world that needs to hear this good news of Jesus. Now, can we close our eyes and, and just pray? And in, in doing so, guys, can we just purpose in our hearts um, a unique response to him? Whatever is the Lord stirring, that the Holy Spirit is stirring in us to respond to, just respond. We're told in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, and there's something that uh, I believe the Lord is pinpointing in each one of us today. So let's let's respond on this. Lord, we respond to you. 
that urging that we feel, Lord, we choose not to dismiss it and we we set our hearts to, to just recognize your subtlety, even the subtle ways that you're tugging on our hearts, that you're speaking. Lord, it's an honor to be used by you, Lord God. It's an honor to represent you, to show your heart. Lord, we ask you to use us. Lord, I pray that um, for everyone in this place, Lord, let us be encouraged and strengthened and inspired by you, Lord, by the bigness of your extravagance, but also, Lord, by the the smallness of your subtlety. Lord, you got to help us because there's times we just, we're dense and there's times we don't get it. So, Holy Spirit, would you you help us? Um, Would you be consistent and, and repetitive and just endure with us? Lord, I just pray your blessings on every person in this place. Lord God, every follower of you, Lord, I just pray um, that you would just impart something amazing to them today just so that they can walk just in the satisfaction that comes with, with beautiful obedience to you out of affection, not obligation. If we can keep our eyes closed. I've talked about Jesus from start to finish and Maybe, maybe there's someone here, maybe there's others here who don't know Jesus. I mean, you've heard of him, you know who I'm talking about. But you've never called out to him and said, Jesus, I believe and I make you Lord. I declare you are Lord of my life. If there's anybody here that wants to trust their life in Jesus and has never done so today, with all eyes closed, if, if that's you, could you just lock eyes with me, raise your hand, make it obvious, be like, yes, yes, I, I'm responding to this. I am declaring my belief and my trust in Jesus Christ today. Is there anybody? Maybe there'll be somebody at some point watching this online. And I'm, and I'm telling you, if that's you, then respond right now. Just call out to his name. And then do this. Uh, email us at contact at impactrock.com. We'll send you a Bible. We'll link arms with you. We'll, we'll, we'll walk with you. I don't care where you live. We'll walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. I love y'all. I'm thankful for y'all. Thank you for being here today. Again, um, thank you guys. Man, what a, what a blessing. Um, we're, we're so grateful. Thank you for our... Our worship leaders today is just kind of pointing us to Jesus in every way. Um, Christmas Eve candlelight service starts at 4 o'clock. Get here a little early so you can like sit next to each other and up front. <laughs> Did I mention up front and together? So. And I'll leave us with this lesson. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Enjoy the day, my friends. Hope to see you guys on Christmas Eve at the candlelight service. Have a great day.